Hello and thank you for checking out the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish student-driven content to share with the world. This network empowers students to become content creators for all different types of digital mediums. For more student-ran podcasts, blogs, artwork, and content, please check out the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network at www.hvspn.com. The opinions represented within the digital content are those of the content creators. Now please, enjoy the following podcast episode. Welcome to my AP Biology Thoughts podcast. My name is Morgan Bernstein, and I'm your host for episode number 34 in unit one of Macromolecules, which is water, the universal solvent. Today, we will be discussing the properties of water that make it the universal solvent. To start, we need to know that water is a molecule consisting of two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom, resulting in its chemical formula of H2O. It is a molecule because it is composed of two or more atoms bonded together. These bonds are responsible for creating chemical properties of molecules and are the reason why water is known as the universal solvent. The bonds that keep the two hydrogens of water connected to each other and the oxygen atom are known as covalent bonds and are extremely strong. It takes a lot of energy to break a water molecule apart since the covalent bonds are the ones holding the molecule together. However, the important bond that we need to focus on that water can make is known as a hydrogen bond and it occurs between water molecules instead of within. A hydrogen bond can only occur when a hydrogen atom is bonded to an extremely electronegative atom, being nitrogen, fluorine, or in this case, oxygen. These hydrogen atoms in one water molecule bond to the oxygen atoms of another molecule to make a hydrogen bond. The reason this bond is so special is because of the polarity of water molecules. A polar molecule is one where the electrons are not shared equally between the atoms. In the case of water, hydrogen atoms are partially positive, where oxygen atoms are partially negative, meaning that the shared electrons in the bond between them tend to go towards the oxygen atom, making it partially negative. When it joins with another water molecule, the partially negative oxygen atom gravitates towards the partially positive hydrogen atom, forming our hydrogen bond. Lastly, we need to know what a solvent is in order to understand why water is known as the universal one. A solvent is a substance that is able to dissolve another substance, the solute, in order to make a solution. Water is known as the universal solvent, which means that many other substances are able to dissolve into it. So let's take a look. There are many substances that are able to dissolve in water, such as salt, sugar, food coloring, and coffee. However, there are some things that are inherently unable to dissolve in water, being oil, flour, and sand. But what makes some substances soluble in water when others aren't? Well, it goes back to the polarity of water and those hydrogen bonds that we talked about. The partially positive hydrogen atoms and partially negative oxygen atoms in water that make it polar are also the reason that so many substances are soluble in water. A substance that is also polar will have a partially positive and partially negative charge as well. Let's take salt, which is sodium chloride, NaCl. 
the partially negative chlorine atom in salt will automatically be attracted to the partially positive hydrogen atom when it is introduced to the water. Vice versa, the partially positive sodium atom in salt will be attracted to the partially negative oxygen atom in water. Since the hydrogen bonds between water molecules do not require immense energy to be broken, when another polar molecule such as salt is introduced to the water, the hydrogen bonds are broken and replaced with bonds between the water and salt molecules. This allows the salt to dissolve in water. On the other hand, something like oil will never be able to dissolve in water because it is nonpolar. This means that the sharing of electrons within oil is even, with no partially positive or partially negative charge. When it is introduced to water as a solvent, it is not attracted to either part of the water molecule like salt was. Therefore, the hydrogen bonds within water molecules remain intact, as do the bonds between oil molecules, and the two substances do not mix. Instead, the oil rests on top of the water. Even though it is not able to dissolve nonpolar substances, water is known as the universal solvent because it is able to be a solvent for more solutes than any other substance. Water as a universal solvent has many other connections to our unit of macromolecules and biology in general. One variable that affects the solubility of water is temperature. As you increase the temperature, more particles will be moving around very fast and there will be increased kinetic energy. Therefore, there will also be a quicker reaction between particles particles and more solute will be dissolved. An example of this is adding salt to both ice and boiling water, in which more salt will definitely be, be dissolved into the boiling water. Another important fact when considering solubility is saturation. Even though water is able to dissolve substances like salt easily, it can only dissolve so much. When all the salt has formed bonds with the water molecules, there is no more room for anything else to dissolve. This would be known as a saturated solution. When talking about macromolecules, water plays an important role as well. Carbohydrates, for example, are polar molecules and are therefore easy to dissolve in water. However, as we add more and more sugars together, the molecule becomes less soluble. For example, a monosaccharide is extremely soluble, but a disaccharide becomes less soluble, and as we get to oligosaccharides and polysaccharides, the solubility of the carbohydrate decreases immensely. With lipids, we have a polar glycerol head with a nonpolar fatty acid tail. Because of this, the head of a lipid will be able to dissolve in water, however the fatty acid tail will be insoluble. Since the fatty acid tail usually makes up a much larger part of the lipid, they are usually considered insoluble in polar solvents such as water. For proteins, the solubility in water depends on the shape of the molecule and the R group attached to it and nucleic acids are mostly soluble in water, meaning that DNA and RNA can be dissolved in it. Overall, when talking about water solubility with macromolecules, we usually focus on carbohydrates and lipids. Lastly, we need to tie in adhesion and cohesion of water, which come as a result of, you guessed it, the polarity of the molecule. Adhesion is water's ability to stick to other substances. This happens with rain on an umbrella or water droplets on a leaf. Cohesion, on the other hand, is water's ability to stick to itself. A great example of this is putting water droplets onto a penny, where you will see a big water bubble form before it spills over the sides, since the water molecules stick to each other until they can't anymore. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of My AP Biology Thoughts. For more student-ran podcasts, make sure that you visit www.hvspn.com.